Welcome back to PMR Unhinged. Today we're talking about vision and mindset. We touched base in the beginning of the show talking about how uh, you should invest in yourself and then we told you we would talk a little bit more about the second step which is vision and mindset. So we're going to go into that today. Right? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, Dad. So you always say the battlefield is in your mind. Can you explain? So... Yes, you're right. I always tell you the battlefield is in your mind because truly that's where it begins and that's where it ends. Everything that you want out of life begins with your mind. And that's where you need to actually bring the battle. Most people today are always trying to take the battle outside. Bring the battle to your mind because if you can win the battle of your mind, there's nothing that will that will stop you. So what I mean by that is is that there's often voices in our mind that will tell us that you know oh you're a loser or you know you you can't do that. Um, you know as a matter of fact, you and I had a conversation a little bit ago, and you said, uh, well I just can't. And I said, well stop, because see you have you have to actually be able to stop yourself first. So whenever your mind says I can't stop yourself say stop because yes i can so that's where the battle is it truly is in your mind if you want anything in this life you can do it but you must first believe that you can if you don't believe that you can let's say make a million dollars or make a hundred thousand dollars then you're not going to you're always going to find an excuse you're always going to find a way to uh, let yourself out of that because what you're doing is is you're allowing the negative to win. So you have to take control of your mind and say, stop, because yes, I can. I am going to win this battle. I am going to go forward. So would you say that as far as mindset, it also goes into how you look at yourself, like your self-image? Well, I think that actually your self-image and how you see yourself in the mirror is actually a direct reflection of what you are on the inside. So it is a reflection of your mindset. You know, really, when you see yourself in the mirror and you think to yourself, oh, you're ugly. Well, what you're doing is, is you're feeding that into your mindset. But if you actually, have you, have you ever seen a, let's say, a girl who is, maybe she's not the you know, the typical society standard of attractive. And so when you first hear, you might be like, oh, well, you know, okay, well, she's plain, you know, maybe she's a little bit on the heavier side or whatever. <laughs> and you sit there and, and you're like, wow, okay. And then when you, when you actually start talking to her, she has such a self-confidence about herself that all of a sudden you're like, wow, she is beautiful. And that's what I mean because you know, if, she, if that, in this example, this person used society's standard instead of her own standard, then she might be looking in the mirror and thinking to herself, oh, well, yeah, I'm a little bit overweight or, you know, maybe my lips aren't as full as I would want them to be or, you know, X, Y, Z. And so now right. you're pouring that into your mindset and now that's how you're acting in the world. So let's say in this example, this girl who maybe is, is using society standard of attractiveness, now she's going to go out and she's going to hold everything inside. And now everybody's going to see her exactly as what 
she now sees herself on the inside because she's comparing herself to a standard that's in society. So now people look at her and say, oh yeah, exactly what I thought. She's not as attractive. But I always find it one of the biggest strengths is, is in people like that, that maybe they're not, you know, I've met men that do the same thing. You know, they're not maybe the most attractive and maybe, you know, like one particular person I can think of, you know, he's actually overweight, bald and everything, but he comes in and he's like, you know, he thinks he's the best looking thing that there is. So then people start thinking what he... And all of a sudden there's an attractiveness, right, that comes that you start seeing this person as. So building your self-confidence will not only help you to feel better about yourself, but it will also help you to accomplish more by being a confident person. Absolutely. Start seeing yourself as what God made you, not what society thinks you should be. Right. Because you will never win that game. The second you start comparing yourself or start trying to compete with what society wants you to believe or anything else, you've already lost. Because you, you will never a win. Bad circle. Get off Instagram. Yeah. You you go on Instagram and you see all these perfect lives and they're beautiful and they look like you know they're driving the Ferraris and they're driving the Bentleys or whatever. And they're edited. And and then you find out that they're rented, you know, or whatever. So you don't compare yourself, especially to social media. Know that you were put on this earth for a reason. And God don't make mistakes. Right. Okay. And so back to the. It being a battlefield in your mind, a lot of people, so you struggle with the how, you know, these people look on Instagram, or you don't look that way. So first, fix your confidence, stop comparing yourself. And then what if you have, what if you came from a bad family, you came from a bad environment, and you think, oh, well, my parents were like this, so I'm destined to be the same way. What are your thoughts on that? So I've, I've talked to some young people before, and, and that's what I'm always going to give you an example of, you know, is uh, because... I always remember what I told those people, okay? And I remember I was talking to a young man and he was talking about that, you know, his father was in jail and, you know, that he felt that he was going to, uh, he was scared is what he was telling me. He said, I'm scared that I'm going to repeat the same mistakes that my parents did. He said, you know, my dad used to drink a lot and, you know, now he's in, in jail and, Um, you know, what he asked, the question that he asked was, how can I stop myself from becoming that? And I looked at him and I said, well, you always have the choice. Your past does not define your future. You know, even if you made mistakes, even if you were in jail, even if you made those mistakes, it doesn't mean that you can't stop today and turn around and take a different path. Our lives are largely reflective of our mindset and the thoughts that we're having so you know your thoughts are a product of your mindset and the life that you're living today is actually a product of your thoughts because what you think about most in the day is what you will attract if you think that life is extremely hard and difficult that's what you're going to get so you know you have to look at that and say, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going, my parents don't define who I am. I get to choose who I get to be from this day forward. And it doesn't matter. Oprah, I mean, everybody knows the story. I mean, she was, you know, raped very young. I think at 12 years old or something like that. Um, Had a miscarriage, right, from an uncle. uh, Had a miscarriage and was homeless. 
I mean, she just had one of the worst lives. And if you take two people and let's say they had pretty much the exact same type of life, right? So let's just take Oprah. Let's say you have two people. Both of them were raped. Both of them ended up with miscarriage. Both of them lived under a bridge and were homeless. Now you have one that went on and became a multi-billionaire, very successful. And you have another one that's on drugs and living under a bridge. What is the difference between those two people? One of them fixed their mindset. The other one stayed in the mindset. One of them fixed their mindset. One of them allowed to become a victim of their past, right? One of them used their past to fuel their lives forward. And the other one used it as an excuse to be on drugs and live under a bridge and be homeless. You either have solutions or you have excuses. And anytime you sit there and you are trying to achieve something and you start hearing an excuse come into your mind, stop yourself and say, BS. Right. That's BS. That's an excuse. You're trying to give yourself an out. Look, we live in such a soft world today. I mean, you don't get to, to just win because you showed up, you know, because right. you were there. You, you win or you don't. And, you know, it, I think it's people are so soft today that the problem is, is that, you know, they are not working on their mindset. And so everything is coddling them, coddling them, and allowing them to make excuses and get away with it. That's not real life. Well, and back to the Oprah thing, I mean, obviously both were victims, but one decided to not live in that anymore. The other one decided to stay in it. So what happened there? A decision was made. Right. Right? So I've told this to many, many people. What is the Latin root of the word decision? Now, that's not mine. That's a Tony Robbins thing. But what is the Latin root of the word decision? It's to cut off from, right? So when you make a decision, you cut off from something. You're no longer going to allow that in your life. Otherwise, you really didn't make a decision, right? So if you, let's say you're a drinker and you drink too much and you say, I'm going to make, I'm going to not drink anymore. Well, did you do that with conviction in your heart or did you just say that because it felt good at the time? If all of a sudden, two days later, you're back drinking again, then you really didn't make a decision. Right. When you make a decision, that means you don't look back. People, young people today need to be more like fighter jet pilots, right? When you look at a fighter jet, do they have rear view mirrors on the side so that that, fight, that pilot can look in the, in the rear view mirror? No. No. What they are always looking at forward. They're going so fast, they don't have time to look back. And that's what you really need to do when you're really trying to achieve what you want to achieve today. It's getting more and more difficult. And so today you got, you have to be that fighter pilot and not the taxi car driver looking in the rearview mirror because you're not going to reach your goals looking in the rearview mirror. Right. It's like a lot of people who have divorced parents and they say, well, I'm never going to get married because I'll just end up divorced. Why put that on yourself? That well, wasn't your life. You can be, have a better marriage because of that. Also, it's also because what parents end up doing is, is they're also programming their children as they're raising them. You, you know, your mom and I, we became very intentional about how we were going to raise the three of you. And we said, look, we're going to make sure that we're Im implanting the right things into your minds. You know, it doesn't mean that our lives were always peachy and easy and that nothing, you know, bad was, you know, in our way. But we always tried to make sure that you weren't looking at, you know, what was bad, but 
you know, we always had family dinner every night. So we always tried to make sure. What did we do when we used to eat dinner? We would always ask you guys, tell us one great thing today, right? And then you guys would answer, oh, one great thing that you experienced that, you know, in that day. And then we would always say, what's one thing you learned today? You would then talk about, here's the thing that I learned. So, you know, we tried to do that as often as we could. Right. And, and I think that's where, you know, people need to really just come back and, you know, again, work on their mind and start understanding that the battlefield is in your mind. The music is after your mind. TV is after your mind. You can equate it to good versus evil. You know, there's, there is an evil side of society that's working to, to capture your mind. And then there's also a good side that's there. You have the choice. You are the one in control. So choose wisely. Okay, so before we get into that side, um, how do you personally fight this, the battlefield? What is the personal way that you fight it? The personal way that I fight it is, number one, I don't surround myself with negative people, ever. And when someone is negative, I actually, it literally, they are like kryptonite to me. I just don't want to be around them. You know, there are people out there that it doesn't matter. They're always looking for a fight or they're always looking at what life did to them. They're always a victim. You, you have the choice. Either you're going to be a victim or you're going to be a victor. It's like a drug. Those people get hooked on negative mindsets because they want the the people that are surrounding them to go and say, oh, it's okay. And they coddle them and they hug them and they say, oh, life's going to get better. So what do they do? The next day they focus on everything negative so that they can continue getting that, you know, reinforcement. So what do I do? Anytime, number one, I get away from negative people. Number two, I know when a negative thought is entering my mind. And if I'm sitting there and I say, I can't, then I immediately say, I must. But you have to do it with emotion and you have to do it with conviction. You can't, you can't say, you know, well, I must, you know, again, it has to be with conviction. You have to bring in emotion. And when people start learning that your words have power, but you have to use your words in a powerful way. So there's something that happens in your physiology when you use conviction and you actually say something with power. But when you say something very timid or very weak, you're literally allowing the weakness inside of you to win. You have to beat that. And so that's how I try to combat that every day is negative thoughts come in. I immediately push them out of the way or I immediately start thinking of the positive side to it. So back to kind of what you're saying to backtrack, because this is such a popular thing that everyone talks about is who you surround yourself with is who you become. So your friends are very important because if your friends are negative, if your friends don't have goals, then usually you will end up being weak like them. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you go and you hang out with a bunch of losers, you know, it's very hard to, to be a winner, to actually go and make your goals a reality, it's very hard to do that from the very beginning. It's a lot harder when you're surrounding yourself with a bunch of negative people that have no goals or have no vision or don't want to do anything in their lives. There's a saying that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It's very true. You lay down with dogs, you will rise with fleas. So it's very, it's hard because sometimes you grew up with those people and some of them just became losers. You, you have to be, if you, what do you want? You have to make the decision. Do you want success or do you want failure? If you want success, start surrounding yourself with people who are already at the place that you want to be. 
always have friends that are doing better than you because then you'll end up climbing the ladder to them or with them and the other ones that are behind you you got to let go of look uh, you know how old i am to you i'm ancient (laughs) and i'm still looking for mentors today who are already in a different place or where i want to be later don't ever stop looking for mentors so as far as mindset do you think that people should stop listening to certain music or certain artists do you think that music of today's generation affects your mindset i think i think largely yes to answer your question yes i think that they should stop listening to some of this crap out there that literally like i said the music is fighting for your mind and it's not typically positive and so when you're sitting there listening to that song over and over and over again what you're doing is is you're feeding your subconscious with a program because you're feeding it like i know some people and they can just they can literally recite every word in like 25 30 songs i don't know how they do that because i can't because that i'm not going to cloud my mind with lyrics of songs i literally cannot do it if you ever gone to a concert and everybody is sitting there and everybody's saying the, the lyrics and everything and sometimes i'm looking around looking at like how do they know every word right well I, and i think it depends on the artist not i mean obviously i mean i know every word to a couple of songs but i pick and choose the artists that so I, I hit home to. a little bit in the, on a little there. bit because i okay say i'm listening to like i love lauren daigle that christian okay well uh, that's artist. a positive okay, thing obviously i know every single word to like her music but then there's you know the, the negative artist so i think it's just about really listening to what those lyrics are some of the lyrics are so bad and gross absolutely and so if but that's you you kind of bring home my point if you're going to fill your mind with lyrics let's say then make them positive yeah right there's a song i think by uh carrie underwood carrie underwood yeah carrie underwood (laughs) underwood is that her name carrie underwood (laughs) yeah carrie underwood is that what i'm saying no (laughs) carrie underwood and um i think she's the greatest or something like i'm the greatest or blah blah blah. it's a very positive song and sure or sia you know, I'm invincible or, you know, so there right. are some artists out there, but then you have some that I won't name that, you know, they're literally poisoning your mind and making you envision in your mind twerking, you know, <laughs> where is that getting you? And so, you know, again, if you're going to do it, be careful because your mind is fertile ground. What you plant in your mindset literally is what you will get out of your life. And I will tell you, I learned, you know, your grandmother was always and still does today you know mind over matter that's what she's always saying mind over matter right. and and if anyone showed me from a young age that your mind is so important it was her because she would really picture and sometimes when you see someone who's really just resolute in what they want you can see it on them right you can see it in their eyes and so be careful what you're planting on that fertile ground which is called your mind Right. I agree. So that you'd say that would go into programming. You'd say that the things that you listen to go into the programming of your mind. No one, no one is actually intentional about what they're programmed with. You have to be intentional with what you're allowing yourself to be programmed with. And if you're sitting there and every day that you're listening to music and it's constantly rap and it's negative crap 
you know, that's literally what you're putting in your mind. Don't turn on the news because it is so negative and so horrendous anymore that you're going to just leave. You're just going to sit there and think, wow, everything is horrible. And really, we live in a beautiful world. We live in a beautiful time. Yes, do we have problems? Absolutely. But we're never going to solve our problems by focusing on the negative. If you want to change your emotion, let me tell you, your physical body is so important. If you feel like really crap one day, just try it. I mean, the, the things I give you, just just try it as an experiment. Look, if it doesn't work, then just say, you know, Paul Paul doesn't know what he's talking about or Jenna doesn't know what, they're, what she's talking about. But just at least try it. If you feel that you're not having a good day and you feel sad, stand up, turn on some really good music and smile. Look up. Look up. You know, I believe it's Les Brown. He always says, when you fall down, look up. Because if you can look up, you can get up. Right. You're You'd gonna, be surprised not, how much a dance party can fix everything. A dance party when can... When you're sad. My friend and I, Jade, used to just turn on music, dance, and then our whole mood would be changed for the day. Okay, so to the point, everyone goes through tough times. Everyone gets in that moment where they feel sad, and it's just, you feel stuck. How do you keep going when you feel that way? Because everybody feels that way sometimes. Well, like I said, I mean, I kind of mentioned that before, your mind uh, attracts that which it dwells upon, right? So we're either in a storm, going in a storm, or coming out of a storm. There's always going to be a problem. So how I handle it is, is I don't focus on necessarily on the problem, I focus on what I want. I focus on what I'm trying to do to get out of the problem. I immediately start looking at it and say, how or what do I need to do to take massive action right at this minute to get out of this situation? And when you have problems that seem like you, that you just can't get out of, and you think that everything is crashing in on you, sometimes the first thing you should do, picture and focus on where you, how you want to come out of it feel that but then leave that in the back of your mind for a minute and the next thing just look at one foot in front of you and pull yourself to that foot it's like the saying right a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step take one step one step at a time but also in the back of your mind know the outcome that you're trying to achieve know your outcome always know your outcome that you're looking for before you go into anything and if you're in a problem do the same thing know your outcome Okay, what are your, a lot of people fear asking for help. What are your thoughts on asking for help in any situation? When someone fears asking for help, that's a very big weakness. Mm -hmm. It's actually more strength in asking for help when you need it than not asking for help. That's weakness. So again, don't be weak. Be strong and know that typically people want to help you, but they're always too worried about what someone else is going to think of them. Oh, I don't know what this is, or I'm going to look stupid. Well, guess what? If you don't ask for help, then you're probably right. You probably are going to end up looking stupid and you're not going to get the result. You know, when I was first starting out, I would go going to some of the top vice presidents in the company and people thought I was crazy. They're like, oh my God, don't go talk to him. Don't, what are you doing? You leave him alone. He's busy. And I remember one time I went and I knocked on the vice president's door. He was above in my division. And I already had all my questions written out for him uh, just in case. And, but I went in there and I said, uh, his name was Marv. 
And I said, hi, Marv, uh, I'm Paul. I was just wondering if there would be a time sometime this week that you would have five minutes that I could just ask you a few questions. And he said, yeah, come on in right now. So it was good that I was prepared. I had my questions already lined up. I had like, and I sat down. I remember one of the questions that I asked and I said, how does someone like me who is just starting in this position get to sit in your seat? You know, big executive in, in the bank. And one of the things that he said to me was, he said, join committees, join the, all these different committees that are on. You can join, you can sign up, you can volunteer for them and start becoming an active role in that. Literally that week, I signed up for three different committees and I got a little overwhelmed, I'll admit, but um, you know, I jumped in and I started. And the thing is, is that at these committees, executives from all other, you know, other areas of the bank were there as well. Well, I started contributing. I would volunteer. I did exactly what he said. And within six months, I had been promoted so far up that other people in the bank were like, how did you do that? Right. I did it by asking for help. Okay, thoughts. This is a big, this was really big like last year. I feel that everybody was talking about this. Manifesting. What are your thoughts on manifesting? How do you do it? Do, do you do that? I'll, I'll touch on it briefly because I think that it's something that we could have our own uh, you know, on. episode on completely on that. And really when you're manifesting something, it really is thinking in your mind ex in a very high emotional level of exactly the outcome that you are looking for in any kind of situation. You're visually seeing the outcome in your mind but you have to do it with high emotion. So you'd say man manifesting and vision go hand in hand. I think they're one in the same to a large degree, yes, because really you're making your vision come true. So be intentional of what you want because again, whatever your most thoughts are is what you will attract. If you think negative, you will attract negative. If you think Porsches, choose, choose wisely. You know, there's, there's, um, Something that says, you know, you either live your fears or your dreams. So choose wisely. Okay. Um, how do you use your mind to achieve your goals? Would you say it's just, I mean, we've kind of touched on that. Yeah, I think we kind of went over that. I mean, I use my mind by, you know, doing exactly what I just said. I'll Going literally, into detail. I will picture my goals and I will actually literally see me there. I'm going to give you one last example of, of how this happens. And I'm going to give you because it ties in with manifesting. Okay. You know, the, the house that you primarily grew up in, right? A really crazy house, right? And so that house was a parade of homes house. And, you know, at the time I was only like 32 years old, I want to say. And your mom and I went to this parade of home and there's so many people in this house because it was the most outlandish, crazy home, right? It had big swimming pool. It had an indoor hot tub. I mean, you know, you grew up there. Yeah. But before we got there, what did I do? We went there to that parade of homes and we walked in and there was all kinds of people outside by the pool. I walked to the back of the pool and I grabbed your mom's hand and I raised up both hands and I said, one day we're gonna live in a house just like this. And I felt it and this thing just came over me. And I was like, wow, I can really feel it. And everybody like looked at me because I yelled it as loud as I could. And people were looking at me. I remember people that were standing on the top balcony and they looked at me like, what is this guy doing? And I said, welcome to my home. Enjoy yourselves. I'm, thank you for coming to my party. Please enjoy yourself. 
And I moved on, right? And they, everyone was laughing because they thought I was just a clown. But really, I don't even know where that came from because to be honest, it's not at that age. That really wasn't typically who I was at that time. But I did that. And then what happened six years later? We moved into that exact house. But the thing is, I forgot that I had done that. I knew it was the, the prayed home and everything. And it wasn't until we had moved in and everything. And I walked back because there was a unbelievable sunset and I walked back to the back area of the pool and all of a sudden it came over me like a ton of bricks it was like ice it was it was like deja vu I remembered myself standing there I immediately ran in and told your mom I said holy cow and I brought her outside and I said do you remember and she's like yeah you mean when you lived when you sat there and screamed to everybody and told everybody that you welcome to your party and I we were laughing and I said yeah and she's like well you did it you did it and I said we did it so, you know, that's kind of in a way how you can manifest. And that's how I do with my goals. I picture them in depth. I, before I go to sleep every night, I really, really, first I pray. Next, I go to sleep envisioning my goals. Exactly what it feels like to be achieving that particular goal. Perfect. So what's an exercise you can give our listeners, the one that will actually do it, the 1%, to do and to do to touch base on vision and mindset, what's an exercise you can give them to do? I'm going to give one simple task that you can work on right now. And, and like I said, we'll go into other things with manifesting and the things that we've talked about in other episodes. But the one thing that I would say to, to start strengthening your mindset is you have to work it out like a muscle. And so the first thing that you can do is think of one habit that you have right now that is not benefiting you in your life. So let's say you're trying to lose you know, some weight or whatever, and you eat a donut every night before you go to sleep. So the first thing that you can do to start strengthening your mindset is to break bad habits. Choose one habit and start breaking that habit. Replace that habit with something positive. So how do you do that? Let's say at lunch, you start thinking at night, instead of a donut, I'm going to have an apple. Or I'm going to have half an apple. And then you start picturing it. So at, you're picturing yourself before you go to bed that night as having an apple, and then you go to bed. Now, does that mean that you might not slip up tomorrow or the day after? You might, and all of a sudden you have the don't. Okay, well, that means that you haven't conquered that mindset yet. So build that muscle and really find one habit and get rid of that habit. And that you'll start seeing that you'll start growing your mindset, strengthening your mindset. And when you, when you say, I can't, immediately say, I must. That's ways that you can start strengthening your mindset. Perfect. So go do it, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.